Whoa, whoa, whoa. We got one for you today. We are talking about women in ministry. Hey, if you don't know the issue that's going on with the stuff that with women being in ministry and church, check it out. Listen in. It's going to be a good one. Thank you for tuning in. We are Tristan and Michael, and you are listening to Fused, Transparent Conversations for Marriage, Family, and Relationship. We invite you to join us as we discuss topics that are thought about but not talked about. So tell your friends and family to check us out. And of course, join us on all our socials as well as our website, fusedmarriages.com for more content and resources. Hey, what's going on? You're like, hey, I get a little dainty. No, you're not. You don't, you don't, you don't. You don't, you don't. But you might, some days you are. Let me phrase that. You are dainty some days. Like it was going in a, a no. direction. I wasn't. You, you're not I like, can be. Well, I mean, it's not my. Well, yeah, it's not your go to. Right. It's I'm not right. your go to. I'm not dainty. You can be it, but it's not your necessarily your go to. I try sometimes. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, no wrong. Got to be me. I got to yeah. be myself. You, you know, you got you got these multi-dimensionals. What I'm hearing. That, come on, you better fix That's it. What I'm talking about. I'm not fixing. I'm fix telling it. what it is. You are multi-dimensional. Hey, I'm gonna take it. Yeah. Yes, sir. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, we're um, diving into a conversation. I want to let you kind of introduce what we're discussing today because I'm. I'm curious how this is going to go. I think it's going to go very well. I think it's going to be very engaging, entertaining, interesting, um, hopefully informative. Mm-hmm. But today we're going to we're going to try to at least spend a little bit of time and may not may run out of time, but we'll at least try to spend as much time as we can with understanding, right, the role of women in the church. And we're tying it home with that. Right. As well. But the role of women in the church. Um it's 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 been in some circles it's a it's a it's a controversial discussion. Mm-hmm. So if you're not as familiar with, you know, some of the issues and dynamics, you'll hear about it today. If you are familiar with it, we'll address some of them. Mm-hmm. Can't do all of them. Right. Right. But hopefully we can get some maybe better understanding and and I, l- I love your insight, mm-hmm. right? On what on what that means and what that all that goes to that. Yes. And we definitely on this conversation, I am particularly interested in hearing from you. If you've had any experiences as um, either a woman in the church or a man that has observed um, a particular perspective in maybe your church or congregations that you've visited. So this is certainly a dialogue that um, I'd I'd love to hear um, various vantage points. So let's see. Absolutely. Absolutely. So this is going to be a little bit different, y'all. If y'all have watched the other, some of our other shows or heard other shows, I'm going to be the one interviewing, at least asking some questions um, and getting the, we get the color commentator or, or the conversation will come from Miss Tristan here and we'll kind of, kind of dialogue back and forth a little bit, right? Okay. Go from there. All right. So first question. Okay. Miss Tristan. Okay. Miss Tristan. What do you want to call Miss Raquel? What, no, what, that's what fine. Doing? Okay. I'm <laughs> just making sure. Okay. You know, I'm trying to get my, you doing know. The, uh, he does uh, the most. Oh my goodness. Anyway. Your interview skills. Yeah, my interview skills. Like, uh-huh. yeah, Gordon, we're not Ed Gordon. Anyway, who's 60 Minutes guy, black guy? I think he's, anyway. Y'all probably know what I'm talking about, but I can't think of it right now. <laughs> uh, so the first question is, so let's get okay. serious real quick. Okay. okay. First question, right? Is submission a hot button for some women? Is the word submission, the idea or the concept of submission a hot button for some women? Yes. Please explain why. Um. I I believe that submission has been used um, to force women to take abuse and mistreatment. 
And it has flown under that title, particularly in the church, so that women now feel that to stand up for themselves or to say no means that they're not being Mm -hmm. submissive and that they're not operating underneath what God would have them to do. And so it's really been um, a term that has been a blanket for um, misogyny and um, negative experiences for women in the church and in the home. I guess I can I can agree with you from the standpoint I have seen and I have heard mm-hmm. that some men had used the idea that, you know what, and we're talking about, I'm trying to go back and find it, but it's in Ephesians uh, 5, 20, 21, mm-hmm. where it, it states that, hey, you know what, right? What kind of covers wives to submit to your husband, right? And I've seen and heard men kind of like, hey, you know what? You need to mm-hmm. submit. Mm-hmm. Right, with the idea that there's no ownership on them to do their part. Right, right, because you got to. I would, to me, if I'm, I have daughters. <laughs> you know, I'm as. What are you submitting to? Mm. Right, I'm just, I'm just saying that's how I'm. If, if, if you know, one of them were to get married or this, that, and the other, mm-hmm. um, and they, if they think that way or he thinks that way, mm-hmm. my question to them: What are you submitting, submitting to? Oftentimes, that gets left out of the conversation. Why do you think that is? Why do I think that what are you submitting to gets left right, out? Right, the idea that the man can can has the has the he feels he has the confidence to say you know what hey submit to what I have or my with the way of things need to be done mm-hmm. and oftentimes the accountability part right yeah of the man saying of or anybody asking hey what are they submitting to right are mm-hmm. are you are you do you have a track record of Somebody submitting to you and following you. I mean, what? I mean, that never. I'm trying yeah. to. No, we we that. really just jumped all the way into sure. the deep end, sure. and this is not everybody's experience. But for a lot of women, mm-hmm. the um this idea of submission, as I said, has been an abuse tactic, and part of why it has kind of become systematic in a lot of churches, not all churches, but in a lot of churches, is because all of these churches. Not I maybe I shouldn't say all, but many of these churches, um, this kind of regulatory system is handed down patriarchally. So, or even from a misogynistic perspective. So it's men that are telling women these are the things that you're supposed to do to make your husband happy and to make your church happy. And there's no balance in um what does this look like? What does it really mean? Where does this come from? How is it actualized? And then to your point, there is no accountability for how the man behaves in the home and for a lot of places in the church. And so it's just women being subject to whatever the man feels in any given time. And if she rebuts or if she disagrees, then she's labeled as a rebellious woman. And all of this is under the auspice of Christendom. And so what happens is that a lot of um, they use that cloak of, well, this is what God would have you to do. And so women feel stuck, like, okay, God gave me this voice and he gave me this position. He gave me this perspective and I'm feeling disrespected, but I have to take it because that's what God would have me to do. Thus says my church. And so I think a lot of times um, it's a really convoluted conversation because you're trying to find the line of delineation between the man and the voice of God. And that um, has 
just kind of it's become not for everybody, but for a lot of women, just this kind of beat down system, depending on who they are, quote unquote, submitting to. Man, that's 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 very interesting. I'm, I'm going to read just so we're not actually, you know, we're not making up what, you know, just kind of the conversation of what what's being had here. Mm-hmm. So the really the controversial, at least I'm gonna say it's controversial. Maybe it's it needs more clarity. Let's, okay. put, let's put it that way. I don't want to call the Bible controversial. So I'm reading from Ephesians 5, verse 22. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husband mm-hmm. as you do the Lord. Mm-hmm. Right? That that's that's the one that, you know, a, a lot of husbands maybe, maybe kind of throw out there whenever, you know, something may not going that way or need to, you know, trying to get somebody to do something. Mm-hmm. But often on there's there's a verse right above that, right? Mm-hmm. I was about to um, ask you about it. Go ahead. <laughs> I, I, I read it. Okay, I, I have no you. problem reading it. Mm-hmm. Um, submit one to another out of the reverence of for Christ. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, the idea of mutual submission. You mind talking about that a little bit? Just mutual submission. I remember when I first started saying this mm-hmm. um, years and years ago, and I was told by many pastors that that wasn't biblical. And this idea of mutual respect and mutual submission under God and even even the idea of submitting unto your own spouse unto your own husband versus like somebody else that's regulating you or your body or your thoughts or whatever it's just really interesting that it's only there's so frequently in the church it's just women it's like men don't have to follow the same rules men men are not obligated to submit to Christ and then the problem with that is who says if they're submitted to Christ? Like, where's the accountability? So a man can say to a woman, you're not submitting to me, but who says to the man, you're not submitting to Christ? And because men are often disconnected in terms of living in community where somebody can call your stuff out, nobody really has the access and the ability to call out the man. And instead, too often, the church will just back the man and say, well, um, you know, he just pray for him. You know, if you pray for your husband, he's going to get it right. And yet she has to live, she has to live in a system of, um, you know, of violence or volatile communication or disrespect or dishonor. But all of the scriptures that apply to that are really determined by the man who so frequently is backed by the church. I know it sounds kind of redundant, but that is the experience of a lot of women in the church that you can't speak, you can't talk, you can't do, you can't go without the quote unquote permission. And I don't believe that that's how God really designed it. I do believe that there is mutual submission. I do believe that we honor one another and we care for one another because we recognize that God is the head. And if we don't, if we dishonor one another, then we are not honoring the God that we say that we serve. Wow, that's deep. That's deep. That's good. That's good. Um, Hey, if y'all don't agree with some of this or you do agree, drop some comments, send us some email, whatever have you. I'm curious. Share your your thoughts on it, right? Um, Because some, in some, a lot of say we started in some circles, this is a controversial, and others it's not. Yeah. But. If you don't know what it is, sometimes you need awareness and understanding. Some people are dealing with this, right? It's, yeah. It's a, it's a, a real lot. thing. A lot of us. Yeah. It's a real, a, a lot. A lot of us have. Yeah. And yeah. that's one of the things I think when you and I, when you proposed mm-hmm. and um, we met my family, like you had met my family, but we um, ended up having dinner, I think it was the next day mm-hmm. with some family. Yeah. And I remember one of my aunts, and you'll remember, mm-hmm. one of my aunts said to you, um, 
are you, how did she say it? She's like, are you going to let Tristan? Yeah, let Tristan continue to pursue and whatever thing about it been acting or writing. Or yeah, like basically be who, yeah, my, yeah. my passions. And I remember you saying like, yeah. And later we talked about it and you said you didn't even really no. grasp the question. Like, why wouldn't you? But based on my experience in Christianity and so many of my family and a lot of black women in particular is that sometimes you get married and this guy comes in and says, okay, now we're married. You're supposed to help me and you're supposed to, you know, make me better. And it's now the tables are all about me versus we make each other better. We push each other um, towards higher heights and deeper depths that it just became focused on him. And that happens so often, not just because like, oh, I love him. I want to help him or I love her. I want to help her. But because that is the angle of what people think of as the wife's the wife's role is to help her husband achieve and to be and he no longer he doesn't really have a responsibility to do the same for her. And so in that kind of goes into the submission concept is hey, I submit to you. I do what you want me to do. I you know, and often submission becomes kind of the doormat even though I don't think that that's the intention scripturally um or by definition but it it does become this like I push you forward I do everything and then you'll give me the scraps at some point at some point you know when you're fully established and you have everything that you want then you'll turn to me and say hey what do you want you know maybe and so I think that it's kind of interesting even though that was your experience and she meant what she said and I at the time knew exactly what she meant because I have seen it over and over and over. Really amazing women not have an opportunity because their spouse doesn't think, um, doesn't think about them. They only think about themselves. Wow. Okay. Well, good. I appreciate you for sharing that. That that was all true. That's very true. That had, that did happen. Um, you know, we can, we'll talk, we can, let's let's continue. Let's continue. (laughs) Okay. All right. So we'll move on to the next question. Um, and the next question is, can women be ministers and preachers? And let me frame it up a little bit, just a little bit, mm-hmm. right? Because some, for some people, um, they may be asking why you've been asking this question, right? Okay. But again, in some circles, religious circles, Christian circles, um, a lot of women don't even carry the title, mm-hmm. right? A lot of women aren't even allowed to get at the main we call them podiums because in our cases, maybe stage where where the where the where the head preacher speaks at, right? They got to. That's normal in 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 some circles. In, in some circles, mm-hmm. so that leads to the question of like, hey, why or is it okay or should women be able to be called ministers and preachers? Mm-hmm. Please talk about that. Um, I think the answer is yes. I think you fulfill whatever God has called you to do, regardless of what people say. Um, I think women can be preachers, pastors, speakers, evangelists, prophets, whatever God is putting you to do, that's what you do. And sadly, no matter what that thing is, there's going to be somebody that says that you shouldn't, couldn't, wouldn't. I mean, it, it, it literally, that could go for in or outside the church. It doesn't matter. There's always going to be somebody that is telling you why you can't do the thing that you are called to do. You know, if you're, I mean, I could really go through any number of examples. So my answer is yes. Um, And I'm, I actually want to ask you a question on this because though this is what I believe, I also have heard so, so many times 
people say of like, um, if you're a man that has like a woman pastor or woman leader that you not really a man, like you're weak or something like, what do you, I've heard this preached from pulpit. Um, what do you think about that? Um, what do I think about it? Personally, I have not been, people may have thought it maybe, right? Because just for the record, we know that you are, you are a minister, mm-hmm. right? And people may have thought it. They may have, they haven't never approached me with it mm-hmm. in any kind of way that I picked up on. But to your point, some men may see like, oh, you know, your wife out here doing this, that, and the other, right? With far as leading or ministering this, that, and the other, right? From from my standpoint, I have to go up to the to the to the understanding. Okay, what what is a minister? What is a preacher? Mm-hmm. That's someone that that shares the good news, mm-hmm. right? And who am I to say that God hasn't given you something to share? Mm-hmm. And are we gonna get hung up on a title of saying, "Well, you shouldn't be minister, you shouldn't be a preacher, or gender, or based"? I'm sorry, get hung up on a gender, like. The message is somehow diluted because it came in a in my voice versus right. That was, that, that's even a whole other <laughs> discussion, right? Of 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 should I should somebody myself or get caught up and prohibit, stop, get upset, be passive aggressive about it mm-hmm. because you God has given you something unique to mm-hmm. share, right? If I had something unique to share, maybe I wouldn't be so up in arms about it mm-hmm. versus getting on what God has given you. So my objection would say. For me, it's say, okay, God, give me something unique to share. Why, why do I have to prohibit you from speaking what God has given to you? Um, and I think for me, what I see, I, I think it takes a strong man to handle a strong woman. Mm. Right? And a lot of men ain't built for it. It is not. Mm-hmm. Right? They don't know how to handle it. They don't know. How, it's an ego thing. They can't handle, you know what, she's speaking better than them, more of them, make more money with all these other things that may end up really driving the psychology of it. Can I be a man if, you know what, somebody does something better than me? Mm-hmm. Right. And that may carry over beyond just their their spouse. It probably goes outside of the circle too, mm-hmm. right? With other men, they feel, you know, inferior if somebody makes more and they got a better car, got to find a wife, or got kids nicer, whatever have you. Which you know, a lot of men think like that. He makes the way sound crazy, but but a lot of men may think like that, right? Mm-hmm. And it just that's just carrying over to the home because I got to deal with you every day. Mm-hmm. I can leave, you know, work or leave a conversation. Somebody smarter than me, I can just walk away from it. But what if you know my wife got a little more intellect, a little more insight? You know, when she logos, y'all know what logos is, but she, you know, she got. She, can I handle that? Mm-hmm. Right. And I got to be okay. That, to me, that's a that's a that's an insecurity thing that I believe a lot of men have. Right. Mm. Um, personally, it doesn't affect me one bit. Now, if a man wants to kind of talk to me about the whys and ins and outs of how I handle it, we can talk about that. But I've never had to been approached with that. But I would be completely fine with t- telling them basically what I told you, right? Just just now, the conversation saying, hey, you know what? Women, I feel, you know, they, they God can give them something to share. Mm-hmm. I have no problem calling a woman a minister or a pastor mm-hmm. um, from a biblical standpoint either. So, yeah, that's my thoughts on it. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because a lot of people will, will like, and they're, you know, it's a conversation piece. But when you start talking about like the gift of something versus the office of something, a lot of people will say like, oh, well, they have the gift or the ability to preach, but they should not live in the office of the pastor, which is like basically the title of I'm, I'm pastor of. And I find that really 
it, it I, th- I find it very silly because you start kind of thinking about the why from a biblical perspective and then the why from like a, a practical hands and feet of Jesus perspective. And how is it that we are unable based on our gender to preach the good news? If I stand up, so if I, am I standing on the floor and I'm preaching, then it's the gift. But if I stand on a platform and I'm preaching and somebody says, go pastor, then now I'm out of order, even if it's the same message. And, or if I, if I say, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to start a church and I'm going to do this homeless ministry and anybody who's homeless can come and hear me minister the word. Now, is it somehow less effective or am I now um, not operating under the tenets of my faith or under what God would call me to do because there are both men and women gathered to hear the gospel? Like, it's just really, it's just really silly. And I personally think that it's a misinterpretation and application of the scripture. Just speaking from a man's standpoint, this is my speculate because I haven't, first, I have not talked to a lot of men that may have this type of thinking, but I know it's out there. Who they are? I know it's out there. I may see it on social media, say any other circle. I know it comes out. Maybe they hide behind it. They don't, I don't know, whatever have you. But I think what some men may be believing is, or questioning a woman's ability to lead. Mm-hmm. Um, that it's the idea that there is a hierarchy. I'm going to, I'm going to give, I'm going to give you how men may be thinking about this, mm-hmm. that there's a hierarchy and that hierarchy kind of structure should not be broken. Mm-hmm. Okay. And when, and in some cases, when the line gets blurred in their minds, that it causes a change in the hierarchy of like, well, where things are at, right? Guys, we see things from the top down and that structure is kind of very rigid Mm -hmm. and it messes with our theology or our psychology or our emotional spirituality to say, okay, if she leads here, can she lead here? Mm -hmm. If she... And we have a question on here. We maybe jump to that. If she leads at the church, does she lead her house? Mm-hmm. That's a that's a question a man may ask. Mm-hmm. Or where you know how does that what does that look like? You know, okay, she you know does everything follow her shoulders? Because mm-hmm. biblically, you know, man, the God holds man responsible what what they're gonna say mm-hmm. for his house. Is not gonna hold a woman responsible. And I would think they would be accurate in making that statement. So understand, okay, hold on, where, if that is the case, where does the buck stop when it comes to between that man and God? If he says, okay, I'm going to turn over all of my responsibilities, she's going to lead, and is God going to still hold me accountable? But I don't know that I would say that it's a complete surrender of all responsibilities. Like, That's what I'd be talking I think about the this, leadership, yeah. part, one of the biggest portions of leadership is proper delegation. And so if you only have one leader who has a say, that's not even, that's dictatorship. And they're the only person that has a say in anything. And I think that part of the challenge is that um, men, for whatever reason, be it ego, have, I think it's a systematic oppression of women, both in the church and in community. I remember a couple years, well, now a long time ago, um, when Hillary Clinton was running for office and this is not political, but when Hillary Clinton was running for office, a lot of people were saying like blatantly, she can't lead because she's a woman. She can't do it. You know, I remember there being jokes. Well, what if, what if she's on her cycle? Then she's going to 
blow up places, like really silly things. So based on she wears pantsuits and, you know, like super trivial things. Mm-hmm. Um, and instead, so people were thrown off by the fact that she's a woman. But being able to lead in any space, um, obviously competence, um, and the ability to to delegate and even the ability to recognize what you don't do well. A good leader is not going to say, I'm going to do everything because I'm a man or I can handle it all because I'm a woman. It's, you know what? I do this well. I don't do this well. Let me delegate this responsibility. Let's share this. Maybe there's something I need to learn. Maybe there's something I need to dig in deeper. And that doesn't have anything to do with gender bias. That has to do with competence and, um, and self-reflection. And so I think that when you start talking about leadership in the church or in the community or in the home, they all require the same amount of high level being able to look and say, okay, these are all the things that I'm responsible for. And the best way to be efficient is what? Fill in the blank. It doesn't mean the best way to be efficient is I do all of them. That would be poor leadership. Or the best the best way to be efficient is I'm going to hire all men or I'm going to hire all women. Or I'm going to hire all black people or all white people. Like, at some point, you have to say, who's the best for this and creating opportunities because so often opportunities are not given to people that have the competence and the ability based on something like skin color or gender. And so you miss that. And so then you say, well, women are unable. Well, they just haven't had a seat at the table. They just haven't had the opportunity because you've had this door closed based on gender based on genitalia, based on experiences with other guys. So it becomes this kind of boys club and you're locking the door and holding in all the secrets. And so women have to kind of fight their way up. And so, of course, when you're holding all the secrets and you know how it's done, she's pushing against a system and try and having to learn it all on her own and then sharing it with her community. So you might say, well, she doesn't know these things. No, of course she doesn't because she's having to learn it on the job while you knew from the back door. So I think that that's part of what happens both in the home and in the workplace. You said something, you said a lot of things in there. Um, I'm going to go back early on when you mentioned about, you know, when there's one person making a decision, it's a dictatorship. I think some people may think that, but it's, we know from a biblical standpoint that that should not be the case, right? Mm-hmm. Where one person makes a decision because ultimately that man should be receiving from God. So he should be under some, some authority, right? Mm-hmm. A man that's not under any authority, that's different. We say we should separate the two, right? Mm-hmm. Just from conversation standpoint. Um, the idea that it's missed that I'm looking at is like it's the accountability piece, mm-hmm. right? And I think for some men, it's it's it's, an, it's a little bit of nerve wreck. I'm and I'm I'm taking the side of, of of maybe some men that I haven't talked to. So I'm just trying to put them in their headspace, maybe bring to light the conversation so it can be clear. The response, the 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 accountability piece of what happens with that, right? If decisions are being made, and the accountability piece, let's say they have a, a wife that wants them, she wants to make the decisions majority of the decisions on whatever that accountability be accountability piece who does it fall under mm-hmm. i think that's a question maybe some men have maybe you guys have it i don't know right mm-hmm. for women that may think you know hey you know what i want an equal seat at the table i want to be able to make some make the decisions to where's the accountability piece fall at for the household my perspective is I don't have any problem being back to back with you 
that I have your back and you have my back. Um, and I don't, I appreciate the things that I don't see you see. And I believe that you appreciate the things that you don't see, I see. And it takes a certain level of maturity to be married because sometimes I won't see what you see. And I have to trust enough that you see what I don't. And that maybe this time, maybe he's right. I don't get it. I don't see it. And I've articulated it. Say, I don't know, but I'm just going, I'm going to let you have it. And we've gone back and forth and sat at the table and talked about it and talked about it and talked about it. And at some point I have relinquished. And there have been times where you have not seen, and we've talked about it and talked about it and talked about it. And you have relinquished. But I do feel that that is critical in a home is to be able to say, hey, I'm willing to come behind my spouse and to step behind him. And there have been times that you've been like, I got your back. I'm willing to say, okay, Tristan, we can lean on what you, what you understand, your insights, your understanding, your experience. And I think that when we come to the table, we come saying, this is the decision that we are making. And I think that that's important, that it's not ever it's always Tristan's way because I'm strong or it's always Michael's way because he's strong. We come to the table hand in hand and we say we got each other and we are deciding to make this decision together. Even if it is I'm deciding to trust you, I'm still making the decision with you. Or you're saying, hey, Tristan, I'm deciding that we're partners in this and I don't see it the way that you see it. But I'm also recognizing that God speaks to you, too. And you have your own devotional and you have your own prayer life and whatever that looks like. And I'm saying we're going to go into this together, period. So it's never for me. uh, Well, it's just you got it. Then it's what you it's not that it's like, okay, we are deciding that we are going to go this direction. That's my thoughts. No, that's good. That's good. Uh, We got a lot more to talk about. So maybe we do a part two. We didn't even get through halfway what we we were going to do. So uh, don't be surprised (laughs) there's a part two to this. Um, But good, good, good. Any closing thoughts you want to give? No, I definitely want to hear from you all on this, even if you disagree with me or Michael. I... I appreciate your insights. Um, So thank you so much for joining us today. Of course, check out us on um, any of our social handles. And as we said, also look at our website, FuseMarriages.com for more content and resources. Because you know what? Let's talk about it.